All right, I'm pressing record, man. Yeah, just I swear. do it early this time. Oh, Fuck. my goodness. So, yeah, uh, we just recorded, what, 20 minutes of just honest and open dialogue on a topic that we're going to have to revisit someday in the future. Yeah, we even thought about doing it over again, but we nixed that idea pretty quick yeah. because of... Uh, it would feel weird trying to go back into the same stories and same angles that we were just... Yeah, anyways, we're going to lead into this one by talking about... The fact that we were both at some awesome weddings, you uh, with your friend Jake and my brother, and uh, just generally some takeaways and things that we've been thinking about in this chapter of life, being in our now late 20s, not not young lads anymore, but uh, starting to kind of like grapple with uh, what we really want out of life. So not to go too deep too fast, but yeah, lead in, talk a little bit about your weekend, some of your takeaways. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I had, well, the first thing was that I was supposed to come to this wedding with Tori. Um, well, actually not even, we, we realized a long time ago that it wasn't going to be possible because she is the, uh, I would say I got invited to go as, you know, a couple and I was in Jake's wedding, uh, a good, uh, he was my roommate in college. So just really, really good friend of mine. Um, but Tori was also the maid of honor for a really good friend of hers who had a wedding on the same exact day. So like that in and of itself was this experience where like I, was more emotional like walking into it just because I was like on my own and really had some like reflective space to be like away from my partner and to like experience this weekend of like bond and companionship and like love and just like this really beautiful weekend and like at the same time be missing my partner I feel like that drew out like more of an emotional like I was just sappy the whole weekend dude like in a good way I mean like I was just so happy for Jake like Mm -hmm. but sappy in the sense of like everything was just making me like tear up dude Mm -hmm. like I'm just standing up there watching him become emotional as his bride to be like walks down the aisle I'm listening to them say their vows like I'm watching them do their first dance like it's just so much beauty and love and um and yeah so I just had like space to kind of like reflect and feel all of that um and then just kind of like think about my own life through that perspective too which I think is important for anybody to do because I mean we talk about it too uh being in relationships and kind of like building toward that concept of family and commitment um and for me it brings up these feelings of like uh needing to kind of like be a little bit intentional and kind of like understanding that you know nothing just is going to happen that makes everything come together like you have to be intentional with the actions that lead you to that place too so like really kind of thinking about who you want to be what you want your life to look like and what are the decisions that lead to that place and then kind of like looking at your own life and seeing where you are in, in that process of like even being in the places where you can make those decisions to have the life that you want to live. You know how we never, good point, by the way, (laughs) I just want to jump back in on something a little earlier that you said, like, and I've experienced as well. When you watch your buddy or your brother go through something like a marriage or just something really emotional and really big, like massive. Yeah. You, like I've never seen some, like I have friends that I've never seen cry, yeah. you know, and I consider them like really good friends and like, yeah, there's certain ones that we've been through some challenges together and stuff, but like, there's nothing like watching your friend. Like when you said you watched Jake get emotional walking down the wedding, I resonated with that. Like I literally got goosebumps Yeah, and I witnessed, like I looked from four feet away as my brother's wife gave her vows to my brother. I couldn't see his face cause I was standing right behind yeah. him. But dude, I was like 
balling, moved, dude. Yeah. dude. Like big time moved and just like, yeah, emotional and like crying and mm-hmm. it, but it was just so a, beautiful. It was, it's amazing, dude. And like, and that's another interesting thing to think about too, of just like, cause this is another one. Like I, like you said, I uh, haven't seen a lot of my friends cry. Like obviously also like not that physically like touchy with a lot of my like guy friends, yeah. but like this weekend, some of the best hugs I've yeah. ever like given or received of just like, dudes like thank dudes. you for being here. Like, it's so good to see you mm-hmm. like, and just like loving on each other, dude. And that mm-hmm. felt so good too, of just like, no, nah, I'm not worried about like how this looks or like, if you're not supposed to like hug your guy friend, but like, that's another interesting yeah. thing to kind of even just like talk about is like why that's so like, that's kind of what I was getting to. It's weird. Like, you know, like how are we 28 years old and we're seeing an aspect <laughs> of what someone that we consider my, my brother, you yeah. know? I mean, I've seen my brother go through stuff and I've seen him emotional, but dude, yeah, it's like, is there a way we can connect before, like before the marriage? <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, why am I how do saving? we Like, how do we cultivate that in just a day-to-day basis? Because I fall into the same trap as you where it's like, I see my dad and I'm just like, yeah, we don't hug each other, you know? Yeah. I don't even really tell him I love him that much, even though I love him and he loves me. Like, it's just, we've developed a habit of just like, hey, yeah. dad, how's it going? Right. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, some good hugs goes a long ways. And uh, uh, yeah, I just love kind of the angle on this, but yeah. And I mean, now to even dip a toe back into the episode that we recorded and like never even got to just kind of looking at those like commonplace uh, beliefs that we all hold about like how things like should be or mm-hmm. one, the traditional marriage uh, like ceremony is one that I like. And we've even talked about this too, like what that looks like and like, who is it more important to plan that ceremony for? Is it like the actual people getting married or is it for like the grandparents that are coming and are going to be pissed off if you're not having like a yeah. traditional wedding and like. I personally take the side of the fence of like, it should be the party that the people getting married want, whatever that looks like. Hell yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I just feel like that's, that's what it's about. You know, like it's, it's about those two. And I like when I go to a wedding and I'm like, wow, that wedding was just like, so them Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. they did things a little bit differently, but it really like made sense. And like everyone still had a great time and felt super welcome and it got the families together and it got people Mm -hmm. there to like celebrate their love, but they did it for them too, you know, like Mm -hmm. in exactly the way that they want to do it. So that's one point. The other point is like kind of looking at these commonplace beliefs that we hold one like we just talked about how that like machismo situation where like not cool to show emotions in front of like guy friends or like not cool to like hug your bros or like hug your family and like tell them how much you love them. Just like generally, why, why do we, why were we brought up with that like concept? Why does it exist among men? Like this very kind of just an interesting thing to unpack. Another one. It's showing vulnerability, right? Yeah. Which I think historically, sure. Like maybe that didn't, go so well. I mean, for dude, like, if you're in Mercer Island High School, you're showing you're a fucking pussy. Well, right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I mean, no, I mean, it's the reality of it's it. It's like how it felt too yeah. at the time for sure. But I'm even at a more meta level. Like <laughs> yeah. why is, why is that right, happening? Right. You know? And so that's that. Yeah. And then also just like the commonplace widespread acceptance of alcohol at weddings and how like yeah. alcohol is so normal, encouraged, accepted, and like widespread and like so social and like all this stuff. It's just built into our society. It's built into wedding celebrations, any type of celebration. Hey man, you want to catch up? Let's get a drink. Yes. But then the moment you, I mean, no one's busting out a joint. I mean, depending on on the wedding you're going to, I suppose, but like no one's having an open bar of joints where you can just like smoke on the dance floor. Like no one's offering psychedelics or like microdoses at their stuff. And I'm just kind of like, why... I don't know. Alcohol is a funny one. Cause like, 
I enjoy it now from time to time. Used to have a way different relationship with it in college, like way over the top, just normalized like it is in college. Um, And now I'm in a different point in my life where I still- How much were you boozing? In college? Yeah, like peak. Um, Like- How many nights a week? Like three to four. Mm -hmm. So not like, I mean, I know some people who would answer that questions and say like seven, you know, like that Mm -hmm. definitely existed at certain places. But three to four hard. Three to four hard where there's like, you know, and that was just the culture too, Mm -hmm. which is even weirder to investigate, but it was just like- you know, you're doing a mixer on Thursday night and then you have a party on Friday, Saturday. And then like a lot of people are still like going on Sunday doing like a day party or something. And and then there's just different events that always come up during the week. And it's like, oh yeah, of course we're going to drink for this thing. Like that was just the common idea. Um, and then, you know, that culture still exists. Like in, like you just said, it's like, oh, haven't seen this person in a while. What, what activity should we do? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, let's go grab a drink. Mm-hmm. Like that just seems to be like the common step for a lot of people are just culturally accepted and and I don't know just witnessing it for myself I'm like I don't really like the effects of alcohol on my brain and on my health uh granted I still enjoy it from time to time but like looking at the direct comparison between alcohol versus you know like cannabis or or psilocybin or or LSD I'm just like I really really enjoy appreciate and think very highly of one of those groups and like very lowly of the other group like alcohol versus these other things but uh the one that i have not like the one that i don't like the effects of is the one that's encouraged Mm -hmm. and promoted and just built into our society and the other one is like demonized yeah, so we were talking in the last pod about all this and the last pod that never was the the one that'll never see the light of day um and talking about how and going back to your point like creating the wedding or the event for the people and i was talking to alondra about it and i was like at my wedding i was just boldly saying shit out of my ass like i normally do i was like at my wedding i'm gonna have a bar with different mushroom truffles maybe like some dab rigs and some good hash oil and stuff and people can do whatever they want you don't have to partake but uh i asked her and she was kind of pushing back on that she's like yeah yeah right you're not doing that and as open-minded as she is, she would never allow that, um, which I think is, well, I don't know. never say never, but uh, at this point, like it was, she's very close to that. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. Uh, but my point was more like, what would happen if we did that? Would people be more connected or less? Obviously more. Like if we, if we had a big experience with all your family and friends, dude, I can't even imagine alcohol it was fun everyone's loose social lubricant people are chatting smiling dancing but i i literally can't even i'm putting my head there for a moment as we think about this but like imagine all the people that you love in one room on a shared psychedelic experience yeah i would say beautiful but also there's like so much space for that probably would not go that well like right yeah. now you'd have to like think about, through like, how to facilitate it. exactly yeah. because like you would have people there who are going through that for the first time yeah, and like yeah. it would be overwhelming yeah. for some so i think like the blend of substances is like probably the best of kind of like let people choose their own speed yeah, yeah, yeah. i think but like i don't know like also it's like illegal for like a dab bar to totally. be there i mean if yeah. you're if you're renting a room at like a hotel like they're not going to allow you to like have no. these substances and that's another one Just, of the things yeah. to like 
open bar like fine yeah. yeah of course like do your thing get so fucked up you, yeah like, you drink too you many know? of these you'll die but yeah we'll yeah, serve like, it have you. it yeah. you got it <laughs> like, and then whereas you're like oh well could i like give out like mini half stamp half stamps of acid to everybody mm-hmm. as they come in they're like you're gonna go to jail <laughs> <laughs> that we're not doing that yeah so and true. just like it interesting too to think of the effects on the brain that those two different groups of things have um just like one you know like with with psychedelics or with cannabis me personally like i feel like i have these very it makes me question things it makes me look at things in a different way and kind of like go deeper and like really ask bigger questions about like the world and our relationship to it and like you know cosmic energy like all this stuff all these bigger questions whereas the other thing does i don't like what it does to my brain dude it makes me like not remember stuff it gives me a headache the next day it makes my stomach hurt the next day mm-hmm. and during it yeah i'm a little bit more loose i'm a little bit more social and like goofy um but then also it gets to a certain point past that where i'm like not i'm just like stupid basically mm-hmm. like you literally get drunk and you get fucking stupid and make worse decisions than you would if you were not drunk mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like a lot of times on my experience with the with these other substances, I come away with it having had asked myself deeper, more meaningful questions so that I come back to my normal functioning mind and implement these things that I thought about on a deeper level in ways that make my life better in ways that make my life more rich and my like relationships stronger and my just like introspective thinking mind more finely tuned, I guess, is a good way to put it. Um so yeah, now we're off on a tangent about kind of like I think you just wanted to talk about yeah. Dude, I was like, I, we, can't <laughs> we lose those get... twenty minutes. Yeah, like, that's some good stuff we got into. Oh, so good. And I think I meant, anyways. Uh, psychedelics has directly impacted my spiritual beliefs. What I believe happens when we die. It's given me more connection to this earth that we're on. All very great things. But at the same time, I don't think I've ever done psychedelics like back-to-back days. Mm-mm. Haven't like, really wanted to. Right. Well, besides Burning Man. <laughs> sure. Maybe like, like oh, two yeah, days but, or something. Or like but, festivals and stuff. But like when, whenever, it's just yeah. an, when it's an intentional experience. Oh, wait. Yeah. What am I saying, dude? Microdosing is a different story. Huh? That's true. Yeah. For sure. But uh, for like big, like kind of more hero doses, mm-hmm. when you come out of one of those... As great as it was, uh, you don't feel called back to it right away. Yeah. And actually, I haven't had like a serious psilocybin experience really since high school. Ten years. Really? Yeah. Like a big one where wow. I'm like balls to the wall. I'm fucking <laughs> hanging on for Just dear life. There. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've had some ni- really nice experiences. Gram, two grams, a little yeah. more. But uh, yeah. So when's the next one? I'm, I'm ready, dude. Are you? Let's go. Yeah. That's the other thing, though, which I think is cool about it, is you feel called to it. Yeah. And I wasn't called to you, it. Yeah, yeah. And then once you do, these just, these, oper- it, it kind of just, like, manifests itself, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've had a lot of people talk about that, too, about how, like, mushrooms kind of just, like, find you. I think my next hero dose is going to be, like, with you and Roddy or something. Oh, yeah. Like, like, let's to. go get yeah. just fucking, let's just go talk to some trees. <laughs> Joshua tree or something. No, yeah. Uh, exactly. It's good to be with friends who can kind of, like, create the right environment with it too because like nothing's worse than having an experience like that and you have a bunch of friends who are like looking at you like oh you feeling it yet or like the worst just like kind of like questioning you throughout like set and setting set and setting so hard but like yeah for example like roddy and i 
we're like amazing trip partners for each other and probably like we would be all three of us would have a blast together too but i feel like we both have that understanding of like you kind of have to like create space for each person to have their own experience like whatever it's going to be and then there's so much overlap in that too because then Mm -hmm. you like crack some jokes in the middle of it and just like have a little like banter between the two of you but then you just go back into like having your deep Mm-hmm. impactful like trippy experience and then but the second that like there becomes this weird comparison vibe of like oh is he like is he tripping like i'm tripping like are we thinking about the same shit like am i like do i look weird like is he looking at me like mm-hmm. just that type of energy mm-hmm. i feel like sends those types of experience into like this like weird weird anxious place absolutely absolutely and i've experienced that myself uh firsthand the first time i ever took lsd was at my buddy Charlie's cabin out on the coast. There's like a, it was in the Olympic National Forest, National Park. Uh, man, I still remember the, the anxiety I had when I put that thing under my tongue. I was like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> but yeah, there was 11 of us. And uh, yes, we were all good friends to varying extents. I would say, you know, how if you're with 11 guys, you love three, you really respect nine, and there's one or two where you're like, cool with them, but like, they're not your best friend. Yeah. So um, I experienced like very viscerally what happens when I would talk with one person. So it's like me and one person, we're just vibing, communicating. It's yeah. very easy. Third guy comes, still vibing. Everyone's on the same page. Fourth, fifth, and now the conversation, I watched it with my own eyes, dude. Yeah. I literally witnessed how it breaks down. And maybe this actually, dude, leads a little bit to, like, why alcohol is the substance that's social lubricant. Because, like, when things... I don't know, man. Things get a little weird when a lot of people start talking. Yeah. Things go from, like, no judgment with, like, three to four homies to, like, even if you're all good friends, if there's 12 guys there, like, there's some sort of judgment happening. And you you feel that energy, you know? It's so interesting, dude. Yeah, that's... You're so right. And I don't know if that, and that becomes heightened with psychedelics because there is something involved where there's like, you know, everyone's kind of like on their toes looking at other people, like wondering how their experience is going because they know that they're about to like lose their mind in a lot of ways too. Um, But it's just interesting. You're so right. Like when it's three people, it's great. Like there's, it's just like even four. But then when five comes in, I think what happens is that like, the conversation will really be going on between like two people Mm -hmm. and then it gives the majority kind of an experience to be like more of an audience of just kind of like, and especially among guys, uh, it's like common practice to kind of like take jabs at one another too. Mm -hmm. So like, right. I mean, if you get, and you want to be part of it, right. You You don't want to be the the audience with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be in. So like when the majority of people are just listeners, it it creates an experience for like Mm. those listeners to play more of an active role in the conversation, which ends up just being like a judgmental vibe in some, in one way or another. But, and granted, that's not the same for all groups. Like certain groups of friends like could have amazing experiences with that. And I think there's definitely situations where, you know, groups of five, 10, whatever can be all collectively like having thousand. (laughs) <laughs> a million <laughs> i mean yeah that's yeah, a good question yeah. it is and it's just i don't know i really don't know so but another trip i had on shy shy beach is one of my favorite places in the world uh olympic coast again cool got a lot of tripping stories out there yeah. uh i had a like a, one of the biggest revelations i ever had on psychedelics and it was around i would say sophomore year in college so 
I'm with my high school buddies that I've known for 20 years. We're in the most beautiful place. Nobody's judging anybody. We're all just little children. I remember looking up and seeing the mossy walls on the seawall, like kind of like a sheer rock wet. And I could just see the, the moss just moving and fluttering and, uh, there was seals and sea lions and deer and eagles and sea anemones and starfish everywhere, f- surrounded by life. The power of the ocean just yeah. crashing in wind. Anyways, hopefully I'm painting a picture of like how beautiful it was. And at a certain point, two of us wanted to sit down and two of us wanted to just go explore 30 feet that direction, yeah. you know? And it was like... Which are like different universes. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 And so we just kind of looked at each other and like the two guys went and like my buddy Justin and I remained there and we had this really nice conversation. I still remember the song that was playing, uh, Amber by 311. Great song. And we were just like, okay, we are all on the same path right now in this day. But as we go forward in our lives. We're going to go different directions. And that's totally okay. In high school, you're like, what's your buddy doing? Where's he going to college? Where am I going? What job are we going to have? Once you let go of that and you realize you can still have just as good of a connection with these people, but you just go your own path. It freed me up so much to like, really, it really opened me to like start becoming more the person that even sat here today to record a podcast. Yeah. Or even like, and I think that's also like one of the reasons why for me, it was so cool to be with my friends from college uh, for the first time in like, I don't know, however many years since it's been that I've graduated, it's 2016 or whatever. Um, and them kind of all have that same understanding of like, hey, we're all on such different paths here, but like this weekend we're together and like that's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, me feeling that and like really deeply understanding that allowed me to come back and be the person who could just be like so, and for everyone there, to be like so loving and so kind of like emotional together and being deeply curious about everybody there and asking them questions and just like having that shared experience that brings you so close. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, like you just talked about too, I think psychedelics kind of like speed up that process a little bit of your ability to step into that place of just kind of like love and non-judgment and just kind of like, acceptance and open-mindedness toward everybody's path and the fact that we are so unique and individual but at the same time we all share this like very common thing that's like a beating heart and like a a, like a conscious mind Mm. and so it's just like I don't know I think the two things go hand in hand and I, I think this all goes to say that I feel in a lot of ways that psychedelics have helped me actualize myself as a human being in the way that I in the way that I want to grow into that's a little chunky but like whereas the use of alcohol deteriorates deteriorates me to like a lesser form of a who i am but be the person that i want to be in the way that i want to show up in the world you know totally i i absolutely say like i i'm not proud i don't bring up stories of myself drinking alcohol in the podcast i'm not proud to share them And I acted like an idiot. Like I was saying, I used to get blacked out drunk at, you know, 19, 20 years old, run around Notre Dame's campus screaming, go Seahawks, Russ Wilson, Seahawks fucking are the Legion of Boom. I was just like, and I didn't even really like 
care about the Seahawks that much, but I just like wanted some sort of like identity or like, I just wanted to be, I don't even know, dude. Yeah. Insecurities for sure. It was not me. It was not my soul acting out its best self. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's a great way (laughs) to put it. it. You know what I'm saying? I love that. Yeah. Alcohol. And they say in some sense, it'll let the truth out because if you get someone loosened up, they might tell you some shit. They won't tell you, uh, not with that, with alcohol in their system, but it doesn't make you, it doesn't connect you. It doesn't bring you centered. It definitely doesn't get you rooted. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So yeah. Uh, I've actually small quantities can though, at least in my experience, I think. Yeah. And actually Byron had a great, he's, he, I like the way he speaks about this too. Cause, um, I don't know. He he like talks about it from the perspective of like it allows you to drop into this place of kind of just like how did he put it? It's just alcohol. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of just kind of how it allows you to like let your guard down a little bit and like be in that moment with the person and like mm-hmm. have that conversation and just there's a drink on the table. So it's like a nice it gives you like a nice little buzz. It kind of mm-hmm. like loosens you up, allows you to have the conversation and like really connect with another human being. Totally. Um, and I agree with that. Like, I think there are very beautiful ways to work with alcohol that, you know, are healthy practices and probably lead to good connection, communication, like just happy energy. Um, so I don't want to talk like all bad about alcohol because it does play a role in my life. Right. For sure. And it's like, we're still going to go drink some of it like next week. Who yeah. knows, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's not like a, it's not like we're hating on alcohol altogether. No, but, definitely not. Just like being curious about why why alcohol has been so much more widely accepted and appreciated and weed and psychedelics are criminalized and just kind of like, yeah. That's kind of to connect the two topics. It's like, what do you really want in life? This is the question that my friend, Joel Johannesson, who's been on adventure creator podcast a couple of times share. Like he, there's a adventure creator podcast titled, what do you really want in life? Where he explains to me, like you should, start every day and really live your life from that question because whether it's how you organize your wedding or how you organize your house or the person you marry or the career you pursue, like if you don't really, even to your point, like see the future version of yourself and then move towards that intentionally in the relationships, like all of it, uh, that to me is where my head has been at, especially preparing for to give a little brief speech for my brother. Um, He knew this is the woman he wants to marry. This is the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. She does make him so much better, dude. Like I, in my speech, I said this, but I was like poking fun at him a little bit. Uh, And I said, look, you guys make each other better. And I'm one of the only person, people in the room who has lived under the same roof as them. So I feel I have some credibility to make these claims. And uh, number one, yeah, you guys know how to be there for each other. I'll just quote it. I was like, Stephen, when you get frustrated, Alex knows you've got to get a workout in. Alex, when you're cranky, Stephen knows you need a snack. You know, I'm just joking, (laughs) stuff like that. And then I was like, yeah, Stephen, you guys know how to be there for each other, you know? Or what was the last? Oh, fuck, I'm blanking already. But uh, Stephen has grown in the last five years more than I could have ever even imagined, dude. My younger brother has gone from like, this is what I said in the speech. Like he used to like miss one shot on the basketball court, rip his Jersey off and go like punch the wall and leave. And like, dude, you're a good player. Like you don't like, he would just get so in his own head. And he's now someone that like I look to for like really like level-headed guidance and advice. And uh, 
yeah, I respect him as like a wise man. Yeah. In five years, he's gone like such a shift. And I attribute a lot of that to Alex and him being certain in what he wanted, not listening to what society had to say. There's so much cultural pressure. Like how many times have you heard this? Don't get married young. Don't get married young. <laughs> yeah. Don't, I've heard it. Next time someone tells me that, I'm going to say, fuck off. Because <laughs> seriously, like, don't tell someone else how to live their life, you know? Totally. Uh, I think these cultural narratives are more toxic than good. I think it's okay to be young and to find your person. We're just told that, like, there's a perfect person out there, and you take as long as you want to find that person. Right. You know? And you're just going to know, like, when yeah. it happens. And I think, yeah. Because to go back to the point about like being intentional about like what leads you to the place. Man, that you I got fired be. up there. Jeez. Like, yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> like this, this concept keeps coming back into my mind of like nothing happens if nothing happens. Like you have to be so intentional about it um, in the way that you live your life. And it's just like, <laughs> I, fuck, I totally lost where I was going with that too. Let me jump in dude, yeah, because Alondra and I talk about this all the time where She's kind of a little bit more, and maybe I'm butchering this, but she'll take the angle more like, let it flow, let things happen. Um, and I'm more like, hey, if we want to make that happen, like we have to make decisions that actually move us towards that direction. And so I get a little too bogged down in that and sometimes don't let it flow. And yeah. I get in my own head like, okay, am I being productive? Is this the right way to use my time? Like, should I be working on X, Y, or Z? And I actually become less productive and... I close down to the opportunities that flow. So take it back. Totally. It's both, right? Like that balance is what's really crucial. But that actually reminds me of Chelsea talking about like what nourishment means. It's that ability to like constantly kind of check in with yourself and ask yourself if you're giving you everything that you need, like on a day-to-day basis. And I think about that a lot too. It's just like with these wedding weekends, a lot of times I'm like, that's not how I end up spending my weekend is not how I personally would spend my weekend right like Mm -hmm. not not normally am I just like drinking and hanging out and kind of just like not really exercising um and just you know just spending it different spending it socially versus like spending it I don't know like working or exploring or like you know whatever and so but I also think there's so much goodness that I would have missed out on this weekend if I didn't just drop into that like hanging out energy mm-hmm. and like I think that was very important because it allowed me to just hang out and it allowed me to like have really awesome conversations with all the groomsmen and just like really be there and experience the whole weekend like everybody else was and just like really you know provide that comforting space for Jake on his wedding weekend and so I think about that a lot with like my own rig- like trying not to have rigidity to my own um like habits or like Mm -hmm. my own structure of like how I need to like get level headed. So I know that I need to work out and I know that I need to like eat clean and like do this. And like Mm -hmm. some, you're right. Like you can get bogged down in that like overproductive mindset of like, Oh, I need to like be super intentional about every single action that Mm -hmm. I'm doing. Zero sum game. Yeah. Whereas I think it really serves you well to be adaptable to those different uh, environments and just like really like if you become too tied to your own, schedule like that can actually be your own it can be detrimental sometimes too um totally adaptability uh i don't know how many other events would get me to just like not work out for a full day and just drink (laughs) alcohol from like three till 11 like it's only my brother's marriage uh or a good a good friend but um one thing i wanted to share while we're on the topic was 
how when I was giving the speech, A, I thought about this speech for like nine months, mm-hmm. maybe longer. And just like it, as much as I hate to admit this, it took up some space in my consciousness for such a long time. And actually I'm catching myself because maybe that's what had to happen. You know, I, I did take a lot of time to think about, to contemplate deeply what I wanted to say way before I even ever put the pen to paper. And even when I started putting pen to paper, I probably wrote like five journal entries and shit tons of outlines. And like, ultimately just like sat down the morning of the wedding and or the night before uh, and the day before that and really like wrote it. Yeah. And it was totally different than what I was thinking at first. But aside from all that, I, in the moment, 10 minutes before the, the DJ comes up and taps me on the shoulder and uh, public speaking is, you know, top fear for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not immune to it. I'm definitely better than I was in the past. I used to get so red in the face and I would go to hood. I'd be sweating, looking like a freaking clown with my red Irish skin. Uh, but I felt the anxiety come in or the stress of like, Oh, I'm about to speak in front of 200 people. I don't want to fuck it up, whatever. Uh, and I literally in that moment, listened to Aaron Rodgers' advice and did the box breathing, breathe in four seconds, hold four out four and three rounds of that shifted my sympathetic, whatever nervous system. And I got up and I had zero anxiety. Wow. And I could have, I could have been like, I could have given into it, dude. A younger, less experienced version of myself would have just not been ready, you know? Um, So I don't know, just a thought, like, how do you, when you are in a situation like that's putting you in an uncomfortable place, oftentimes that's like some of the best opportunities you'll ever get in your life. So you don't want to fuck it up by being anxious. You don't want to like, and you're not, it doesn't matter. You're not, you're, it's not about you. Yeah. So like it's about giving the message. And so you're undermining the moment by being anxious. And so I was thinking, could we talk a few minutes about like how to avoid anxiety or how do you like recognize when an emotion starting to overtake you and what are some like tools to kind of like get away from that? Whether it's like you're surfing and you like legitimately are in a sketchy situation, you got to stay calm or it's like you're giving a public speech or whatever you got any uh, insights on this one? I think the public speaking angle is interesting and what you said, how it's not about you. It's kind of like about the moment and you delivering the message. And like, that helps. So if that helps a lot. And I think that like for your example, then it gives you like you don't want to look back on that experience of you like delivering a really heartfelt message to your brother on one of the most important days of his life as something that brought you like a ton of anxiety and like what you you'd barely even remember the moment because you're yeah. thinking about yourself you're Same. in your head you're less you're present like, you're less present yep. and that just like ruins a very otherwise like beautiful moment and an opportunity for you to like deliver that important message like at the time and like that's a good way to put it it's just like it's not about you it's about just like the fact that you're having this conversation on this stage and like have this opportunity to like tell your brother some things about him that like you know so i think that is a good way to think about things like Although some people would probably listen to that and be like, well, if it's about everybody else, doesn't that make my, my job even more important? Cause I have to deliver the message. Well, like, so that would just like send them into like, more of a spiral probably. But I think the breathing thing is huge. And nobody remembers your mistakes is another one. Yeah. That's a good one to remember, except for you. And if you have anxiety, you're going to be like, yeah, but I'm going to remember and then I'll dwell on those mistakes forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, breathing is, is huge. Um, 
And then, I don't know, you brought up the surfing thing too, and it's interesting because, like, I feel like the best thing to do when you're just getting pounded by waves is to, like, relax as hard as you can and, like, kind of try to release the tension from your body. So, like, maybe that's even, like, you kind of just want to go ragdoll mode when you're out there because you won't be, like, wasting extra energy Mm -hmm. by, like, tensing up. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of an important one too is just drop into your body whenever you feel like racing thoughts and like see where you're holding tension. Mm. And like a lot of times that can just be in like, even for me just right now, I'm like shifting the way that I'm sitting and I'm realizing, wow, like I was putting so much tension on like the right <laughs> side of my lower back when I was just sitting and my neck was uh-huh. like actually holding a lot of tension too. And yeah. so are the, so are my shoulder blades and so are my, my like knees. And I'm like, wow, like I'm holding all of that right now. So what is that doing to my, behavior or my like ability to deliver a clear message or to not feel anxious or to like whatever um so yeah maybe like bring a little awareness to your physical body like when you're feeling that and just see where you have the opportunity to release some tension because that'll probably end up neurologically doing something for you that allows you to let go of some of that tension that's going on mentally too um hmm. that's good that's really good. I do that. Like I hold tension in certain places in my body. Always. Yeah. yeah. It's hard not to. I mean, especially with all the postures that we find ourselves in these days, like with all the comfortable furniture and stuff, it's like, I don't know. It's interesting. This podcast has gone in a lot of different directions. I, I like, like it. it. Yeah, that's great. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Dude, that was fun. And sorry for not recording the first episode. <laughs> God. Uh I am glad that uh, we were able to just like turn the page and move forward and just have another great pod instead That's of dwelling on it. That's where we meant to it. start this one yeah. too is with yeah. the short memory concept. I <laughs> yeah. don't think we even ever mentioned that, but now I'm glad we're coming around to it. Turn the page. Next shot. You got a new day. Like Chelsea says, every day is a new opportunity for nourishment. If you haven't listened to that episode, highly recommend it. Definitely. It's, that single message like resonated with me so deeply. I've been thinking about it a lot. So shout out to Chelsea. Thank you so much. And if you want to support the pod, Go to areteadaptogens.com, plug in promo code SYMPHONY and check out the products, get a peak performance stack, get leveled up. All right.